What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the very first Bougie Black Girls podcast. I'm so excited to have you guys with me, and I got my bestest friend of all time here with me, Renee Rose. How you doing? I'm always good. How you doing tonight? I'm doing fabulous. What are we getting into? What have you gotten me into? (laughs) Today, I just have you here to talk about friendship. Fellowship and the importance of keeping like-minded shipmates. Can you do that for me? I like that. Do you like that? I love that. Ooh. Oh, my calot flow. Let's get into it. (laughs) All right. So first question of the day. What does friendship mean to you? So, you know, I am in a place right now where I just graduated from college and I had a, a friend circle or a social circle there. And it did mean, you know, having like minds agree on certain things. But now that I have grown into my own career and I've moved to a different city, friendship means more of a support system uh, Mm. away from home life. That's deep. Home life, you know, you have your parents, you have mom and dad taking care of things, you know that that's your circle. And then when you're out in the real world, you have x y and z you have this person that person and so forth so would you consider your friends to be the family you chose i do like that i like that that idea of choosing it is a choice and adulthood is all about decisions and your friend circle is definitely the choice the first choice if not the most important choice that you make that's that's the truth for sure i think that for me friendship means not just having support, but just having like people that really understand you mm-hmm. and who you are and the person that you're going to become. Because, you know, you grow up with these people, mm-hmm. you grow through life with these people. So mm-hmm. you want it to be people that really get how you live your life. I think that's probably the biggest lesson I learned in 2018. Mm-hmm. It's just way more important than we give friendship credit. Right. And friendship is all about how somebody makes you feel mentally. Amen. All about how you feel mentally. If this person is mentally exhausting, if this person gives you a jolt of energy, if this person is the person that you can rely on when you have to lay the heavy shit down on, Amen. that's the person that you go to. And I think that's what adult friendships tend to focus on. Right, right. I think as children, we put way too much focus on who we have fun with. I think I definitely learned that the people you have fun with might not be the people that's the best for you. Right. And there comes a time where fun is dead. Is, is second. It's dead. To a lot of things. <laughs> because if I can only count on you to have fun, then are we really friends? Are we really friends? Exactly. That's the truth. If I can only count on you when I want to be spontaneous, be a little promiscuous. Living my best life. You a raggedy bitch. <laughs> and I can't, I can't, have, love don't live here no more. Uh-huh. <laughs> Go ahead, preach for him. Love don't. Let me. You want me to give you a testimony about my life? Okay. <laughs> if I can't trust you outside of being in a club, we are not friends. Exactly. Something I've learned. Hallelujah. Oh, I done got hot. Oh, girl, don't strip on me. Are we on a whole nother topic? <laughs> are you ready for the next question? Okay, let's do it. All right. What does fellowship mean to you? Fellowship. And how is it different from friendship? Friendship and fellowship. See, when I think of fellowship, I think of the church. Mm. You know, that uh, small group type Mm -hmm. of, oh, you know, let's get together and let's commune on one topic and one subject. Let's learn from each other. Mm -hmm. 
And I think friendship and fellowship kind of um, merge in a sense because if I can't fellowship with my friends, then how are you my friend? Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So I think they, I think they're almost similar. They're very similar. If you ask me to me, fellowship is something you do with friends. Mm-hmm. It's something you do and it doesn't have to be in the church. You know, we fellowship, mm-hmm. we're fellowshipping right now. Exactly. So this is a moment where we are talking about things that we, that we agree upon. Some things we might not agree mm-hmm. upon and you share ideas and you know, you get feedback on things with a group of people. Absolutely. And I think that um, sometimes when you fellowship, you could really know when you're doing too much and you're overdoing something. Mm. I feel like fellowship brings you back. If if fellowship was therapy, that would be your balance. That mm-hmm. would be your ground zero. Right. That would be your foundation. Almost like a humbling. Yeah. Because you can always be with the shits. I am with the shits. What do you mean? And sometimes you could, and sometimes I can call on you and be like, I feel like I want to be with the shits. And you'd be like, mm, baby, mm-hmm. let's sit down and let's talk about it. Is this today. where you want to be with the shits with? I feel you. Is this the battle that you want to pick and fight? Mm-hmm. So I think fellowship is, um, I think fellowship is something that we can, we can live off of and grow off of. I was about to say, I think fellowship can be a lifesaver. Yeah. I genuinely think that fellowship saves lives. And it's extremely important. And I don't think we do enough of it. I don't think so either. Mm -hmm. So that has a lot to do with... So why you don't be calling me? Oh, I cause you. You don't call me. I cause you. Oh, we're about to break up the band right now. (laughs) Sis, I be calling... You gonna lie on air? I'm not lying. I do be calling you, but I don't call nobody that much, to be honest with you. So if I call you once a year, that's me calling you. I want you to hear that back. (laughs) And I want you to think on your your actions this year, okay? And this is why we fellowship. And this is why we fellowship. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Last question. Do you feel that there is a need to have friends in your life? Yes. Short answer. Long answer. Hell yes. <laughs> Longer answer. Okay. Fucking hell yes. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. Here we Can are. Can I curse on this? Yes, absolutely. Shit. Because <laughs> you've already just added, a lot of it. I know. I was like, curse number seven. It's cool. It's cool. I, I, I disagreed with you at one point, though. I am not going to lie. There was a point where I definitely felt like, I don't need nobody but me and God. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. And how did that work out? And not well, sis. Not well. <laughs> <laughs> It did not go as planned, okay? It's always fun to realize that you need somebody when you need somebody. Exactly. But I do realize that you don't need everybody. Because I think I went from a point of feeling like I needed nobody Mm -hmm. to feeling like I needed everybody to now being a little picky about who I need and who I think I need. And I think this is a great topic to start off your podcast (laughs) because you set the tone that Friendships are important. Fellowship's important. And knowing that you need somebody is important. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole basis of the podcast is to let people know out there that it's important to connect with people. Exactly. It's very important to find your tribe, seriously. Because if you don't, you're out here being a lone wolf 
that's not healthy. That's how people go crazy. You know that people need human interaction mm-hmm. in order to stay sane. Exactly. I don't know where we got off thinking that we could just run the world on our own by ourselves. Exactly. And especially, I just read a post the other day where it was like, oh, um, bitches be ugly as hell mm. talking about they need friends. I don't want to go nowhere with you. And it's just like, if your standard is appearance only is that if that's the basis that's so low you've never had a a, a rough day you've never had a bad hair day you've never gone outside with no makeup on and makeup is life you've never and if that's how you feel your security level is so little exactly so small that you really need you need friends and if everywhere you go you need to make an appearance and you gotta be the scene you gotta be the center of attention I don't want, don't nobody want to be your friend. Exactly. It's How the other way around. How do you friends that you have? Because you don't have those friends. Friendship is way more than skin deep. Yes. At that point, those are not your friends anyway. Those are people that just want to be seen around you. Paparazzi. Paparazzi. Mm. Onlookers. Fans. Fans. I yes. told a uh, old boo one time, I was like, you got a lot of friend, a lot of fans and not enough friends. Mm. And I meant that. A lot of people riding your wave because they know and hope that you be something. Mm-hmm. But they never correct you in your bad behavior. Yep. I've had an old friend that I felt had those same friends. Bad behavior. It's really sad. It is really sad that you feel like you need to be around all these people that tell you you're so great, you're so wonderful. Mm-hmm. You never want to accept anything bad. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Sometimes your friends are not telling you something bad. They're just telling you something to improve upon so that you can be a better you. It's love. And if I can, if I can, as a friend, because you know, I am the most straightforward person that I could possibly be. I try to, I try to bring it down. I try to like kind of add some salt, (laughs) but if I can't tell you the unadulterated, unsaturated, no sugar added truth about what the hell you're doing, we are not meant to be friends. And I mean mm-hmm. that. If I can't tell you what you're doing is destructive, what you're doing is terrible. I'm good. Love don't live here anymore, baby. And that's where we at. I'm All good. 2019. Good love and joy. So what's your resolution for 2019? Girl, I don't make resolutions. I don't make your resolutions. Me either. How I'm about? beyond that. I'm beyond that, right? I don't need that in my life. No, I don't make them because I do feel like that you should be constantly working on yourself. There should not be a mark where you decide, oh, I'm going to be better as soon as this date hits. Like, absolutely. If you feel like you need to work on something, Mm -hmm. begin to work on it. Exactly. So I don't wait for the new year to work on it. Exactly. And what I've learned is that. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. If I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do Preach. it. No resolution is going to preach, b- propel me to do it or make me want to do it. That motivation, flow, okay? <laughs> that motivation does not start January 1st. If it starts October 32nd, <laughs> 2019, Hallelujah. <laughs> then that's when I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. That is when I'm doing it. I'm not. Mm-mm. And who going to say, who going to check me, boo? Who going to check me, boo? <laughs> <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> But for real, 
Who gonna check me? Nobody's gonna check me. Nobody's gonna check me, and I'm gonna do what I want to do as it needs to be done. I don't like the pressure of feeling like, oh, I made this rule for myself, so now I absolutely have to finish it. Right. That's too much. That's too much pressure. And then people make a list of resolutions. Like, realistically speaking, do you really think you're gonna get your finances together, get your mind together, mm-hmm. and find you a man all before the end of January? I don't think so. I don't think that resolution... I think goals are good because goals make plans. Goals are wonderful. Goals are amazing. And I think that's, you know, circling back to your point, friendships and fellowships kind of keep that together. Have you ever made a vision board? I have not made a vision board, but I really want to. I made a vision board in 2018. I'm just going to change the eight and make it a nine because I got the same the fucking visions from last year. <laughs> And that's why I don't make New Year's resolutions. <laughs> Full I circle. Same, I got the same ones from last year. Full circle. That vision board. I want a vision board, but not for a year. I want a vision board for like a maybe five year plan. Like things that I yeah. want put together within five years. I think that that's a realistic goal. Yeah. That's me saying like, okay, in the next five years, I want, like I mm-hmm. said, get my credit together, get my budget together. I want to work on my mind. I want to do all those things and and be on the other side of it mm-hmm. within 5 years. Yes, I could put down, "Oh, I would like to start working on all these things in 2019," mm-hmm. but the reality is I probably am not going to be on the other side of half those journeys by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. That's an unrealistic time restraint. It is unrealistic and it it puts pressure on people who are goal-oriented. Exactly. And if you suffer from any form of mental health, that's not yeah, that's not that's not conducive. Like girl, I told you, I'm quitting my job. It's happening. It's on mm. record now. We're recording. <laughs> mic check, mic check. I'm quitting. Mic check. One, and two, I have two. the most anxiety now because it's like I have Don't. so much to put together. I have so much to do. I have so much to put in order. And I I love order. I love structure. I love control. Same. You. So when I have control to give is stressful up, though. When I have to give up that autonomy, do you hear me, baby? I know. It's over. Your whole mind is just mm. gone. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel mm-hmm. that. Control is something that's really difficult to let go of. And that's actually my hardest battle is just letting go mm-hmm. and understanding that I can't control everything. Like, mm-hmm. that is so difficult for me to grasp mm-hmm. to the point where, like, it sends me into panic attacks. Like, absolutely. Bro, like, why can't I just control this? You can't. <laughs> you can't. And it's easier said than done. I oh tried to tell God. somebody that today, actually. I was like, it's easier said than done. And she was just like, it's never easier said than done. If you say it, do it. Period. And I was just like, mm. Yeah, you you saw my face. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> A little cringy, right? Yeah. Because it's that like. That didn't sit well. If I could do it. I would have done it. I'd it wouldn't be dead. said. It would have been already done. It, been done. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't even be a talking piece right now. Because we're at brunch, done. bitch. <laughs> you understand? Right. Easier said than done. I don't I don't understand that thought process. I don't understand it either, but I do know that people who don't understand things take cop-outs. Everything happens for a reason. God doesn't put too much on you that you can't handle. Easier said than done. Bad, bad, just bad, do bad, it. Bad. I mean. Nike, just do it. Yeah, those are good I'm, taglines. I'm the Nike, just do it check with a little wiggle. With a wiggle, right? Like, mm. Nike, I might do it. Maybe. I'm trying to do it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to it, Manana. Siesta first, you know. See. <laughs> <laughs> but telling me to just do something is the most counterproductive thing 
possible. Mm-hmm. It is because you can't always just do it. Right. Sometimes it, you got to plan it first. Yeah. Know? Maybe I need some preparation. Yeah. Maybe I need a little cushion for the blow. I don't know. Cushion for the blow. Definitely. I think that's like self-explanatory, but... It's explained. (laughs) I mean, there's nothing else to say there. What else do I say? All right, so taking a quick gear shift, Mm -hmm. the social circle segment of the podcast is where we talk about what's going on socially. Mm -hmm. So I know you know, because I know, I just know you, Mm -hmm. about Surviving R. Kelly. Ooh, girl. I just have to know what you think, girl. Everybody needs to be put up under the jail. Mm. Everybody. Every single person. Needs to be put up under the jail. I feel you. Everybody needs to be put up under the jail. Mm -hmm. Okay, do you understand me? Mm -hmm. Do I need to say, do you want me to say it one more time? One more time for the people in the back. Everybody Mm. involved with Robert Kelly mm-hmm. needs to be put mm-hmm. up under the jail. Mm. He just need to die. Go. I think post hominous record sales, just like the record sales that he had while uh, the, the surviving, R- you know, mm-hmm. surviving R. Kelly was going on, how his record sales spike. Let him spike again, and then let him die. He don't need to send out nothing else. Mute R. Kelly is what the hashtag is. So. Hashtag mute R. Kelly. But what I've learned is that when you have a lot of money, you have a lot of stature. Um, 20, 30 years ago, when there was no social media, there was no public outrage, there was no consensus or vote or, like, pool of information, mm-hmm. they got away with it. All the time. Let's talk about it. Because it was as it. simple as paying someone off. Weinstein. Let's talk about it. Mm. Charlie Sheen. Mm. Let's talk about it. Mm. R. Kelly. Bill Cosby. Mm. These big wigs, these big heads. Big pockets, big purses. Paying people off. How many people did he settle with? Let's mm. talk about it. What was the first charge? 21 counts mm-hmm. of... Girl, I watched that and was like... I don't even know if livid was the word. Like, I was just bothered. Just let's my talk whole about, spirit was bothered. Let's talk about it. So, at one point in time, 1994, yes, money meant that you could get all out of those charges. Right. But here we are. It's 2019. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Because money shouldn't matter anymore. Like, money doesn't matter anymore. People can become famous off of their fucking uh, Instagram videos. Famous is a is a is subjective term nowadays. Right. right. Like, anybody, influencers on social media, if this, you know, when this pops up and when this blows up, you will be an influencer. You will be famous. Famous isn't... I like it, but relax. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa there. Weird flex, but okay. (laughs) All right, I'm listening, I'm listening. Uh, Anybody can blow up Mm -hmm. and suddenly become famous Mm -hmm. nowadays. Mm -hmm. There's too many outlets. There's too many channels. Right. It's easy. Right. 1994... You were famous because you knew somebody. Nobody could look you up on the internet. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, had to you didn't know have 20 pages. You didn't have a fan page. You probably had a mail-in president's club, or you know, some type of mail-in type thing, or some type of you know, because that was or emails, e-blasts were probably popular. But as far as information being disseminated, it was still technically snail mail. We can call it snail mail. Mm-hmm. 
So people, you could get away with certain things. 1994, they talking about how he, uh, how the evidence that were collected, police officers collected bad evidence in 1994 when railroad and black people was probably more popular. Because <laughs> let's talk about it. It's still popular, right? Am I yeah. right? I feel you, though. You absolutely. And all the, all, you know, all of a sudden, oh, this evidence can't go into. We got to drop this. We got to drop the charge. We got to drop the case. And then on top of that, I think at that point, R. Kelly was like America's sweetheart for whatever reason. I, I don't know. Is that not crazy that Is America's that? sweethearts are always the ones that are... But let me let me full circle you for a second, because this has been bothering me for a long time. At one point, Chris Brown was America's sweetheart, right? Mm-hmm. He beat up Rihanna one time. Mm-hmm. One time. Mm-hmm. We all hate him. As it should be, but okay, go ahead. As it should be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that he was right in what he did. Mm-hmm. But my point is, why is it that when that happens with Chris Brown, beats up Rihanna, totally wrong for that, we write him off completely, but R. Kelly has these accusations over and over and over and over again, and we just acting like, oh. Okay, well, I'm going to stop love. you right there, because Heartbreak on the Full Moon was the bomb. It was the bomb. But how Girl, how long has it How long has it been? <laughs> you say you don't want me, man. How long has it been? You said if I loved you, I would, I would, I would. Okay. My point is <laughs> he got a lot of hate. He got a lot of hate for that. And it was rightfully so. But why is it that? Cause we just fucking baby. Can you have one serious? Chris Brown's album was popping. I listened to it. I bought it. Absolutely. Apple Music. I. <laughs> but you know, I bought it adjacent because I still use my student ID <laughs> email. It was purchases adjacent. It's purchases adjacent. Okay. It's not the full ninety nine. Okay. Nine ninety nine. I feel you. It's four ninety nine. So you feel better about that? I feel a thousand times better. I feel you. I listen to Kanye's Scoobity Woo. I was about to go with Kanye too. Now Kanye, I really feel some kind of way about because Kanye ain't hurt not one person. He ain't put his hand on one person. Mm-hmm. He hasn't harmed anyone's life. Mm-hmm. He gave his opinion, mm-hmm. and we were all at. Well, now I ain't gonna say we because it wasn't me, but <laughs> a lot of people were like done with Kanye right well in communications one of the uh ideas that we learn one of the theories that we learn is group think mm-hmm. and that's the idea that if the majority doesn't think a certain way uh we tend to get into what we think other people will think mm-hmm. so the idea is that okay if you think this way and four other people think this way I'm just going to think that way. Cognitive dissonance, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't really agree that we should railroad him, but I'm going to railroad him anyway because that's what's popular. Doing. That's what's That's what the group that's is doing. so sad. And I think that when it comes to opinions, you know, everybody says, oh, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has them. But people put weight, more weight on opinions that they agree with than the ones that they disagree with. Right. I get that. That's really sad to me, though. It could be sad. But also in the same token, you know, who cares about what somebody else thinks about? And I think that's where Kanye West is. Yeah. Who cares about what I think? But that's why I never felt like what he said means that, you know, oh, we got to write off his music or anything. I never felt that. I don't think that you should write off the music. I think that you should... Write off the opinion. <laughs> write off the opinion. That's how I feel. 
He is not a politician. But hey, let's talk about it. I don't agree with his opinion, but I still like his music. Mm-hmm. Can we put that same theory on R. Kelly? I don't. I totally. Personally, I don't like what he does. Yeah, and that's what people do. I get that, and and I understand that, and I'm all for that. Mm. I personally can't listen to R. Kelly's music because his voice alone just gives me the heebie-jeebies after knowing what I knew. Yeah, but but I don't think that I've always said this, and I know I'm probably gonna get a lot of hate about it, but I've always felt like. I've always felt like mm-hmm. you separate someone's work. They're not their not their work, but their how do I word this? As an artist anyway, I always felt like I don't I don't have to stop this person from making money off of their opinion. But what R. Kelly's doing that's different to me than what Kanye did is he's physically harming people. Right. Okay. And at that point, you have to hit it where it hit him where it hurts, which is his pockets, in order for him to, in order for justice to be properly served. Right. I feel he need to go to jail. He need to go to jail. And I was, I just had the conversation. I said he needs to be institutionalized because people want to throw around that word help. He needs help. He needs help. He needs support. He needs uh, to be in recovery. You know that is a disease. And yes, I agree. Pedophilia, um, preying and lusting on young women. Um, it is a sickness, Mm -hmm. but I think that you can get over that in jail too. I think so too. And I think that in order for those people to really feel like their justice was served, you need to go to jail because other ailments, other Mm -hmm. diseases, they don't physically harm Mm -hmm. anyone, but the person Mm -hmm. committing the in the, the crime we'll say for now. Right. And if you have a heroin addiction, Mm -hmm. who are you hurting but yourself? Right. If you are a pedophile, unless you're stealing, unless you're stealing or killing, you know people do that. I mean, second dick, that's okay. Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. Everybody says dick. Some people, yeah. Everybody put dick. Everybody takes dick. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, pedophilia. You are not only hurting someone, but you are mentally traumatizing someone for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That deserves some sort of mm-hmm. real retribution. Right. I mean, some type of reparations. Where's, where, but here's the thing. Here's why it's so great to fans of R. Kelly. Because these, these women were paid off. These families were paid off. So if I pay you off after I do something malicious to you and then you come back and turn around and say, well, this is my story and this is how I was affected. Mm-hmm. I still say, well, you still have $145,000 more than I do. Mm. And that is why their stories are not taken seriously because they're getting paid off lifetime, paying them off. Um, tabloids, paying them off for their story. R. Kelly himself, paying them off. So you're getting all this money to tell the same story. It's like, now you're benefiting from a trauma. I feel There's that. a lot of people around the world that's not benefiting from the trauma that they're benefiting from. Mm-hmm. And I think that is the moot point that people that are, are still support by. him. Yeah. That's what they feel like. Oh, well, she was she shouldn't have been there. She da da da. The parents da da da. But I also heard some very ignorant, like very very <laughs> ignorant sides to it, where people are like, "Oh, R. Kelly's wife still has his last name." Okay, Tina Turner still got her ex husband's last name. That's people. I made a name off of that. People who say that don't know how hard the process is to get your name back. Period. You, once you change that name, 
it is very hard to get your maiden name back. But even on top of that, if this person was no, it wasn't known prior to that mm-hmm. marriage, and then built a whole career with that name, mm-hmm. with that as being their their identifier. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that either, because like like Tina Turner said, people know her as Tina Turner. Right. Well, I don't even know her original name. <laughs> Okay, but in the same token, you can look at it like this. Titty Boy, who's that? Two chains. You got okay. People Puff Daddy, who's that? Diddy and every other name in the book. You got a point. Okay, Snoop Lion, who's that? You lost me. No, Snoop Dogg really changed his name to Snoop Lion now? It was, a, it was cute. Prince. The 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 formerly <laughs> named Prince. The artist formerly known no. as <laughs> Get Right to Get Him Right. <laughs> Don't ah. do Prince. Okay. <laughs> I had to get real gangsta up in Yes. <laughs> you knew you knew that side was Prince. I knew that side was Prince. So you changing your name is you. not as hard as pe- I feel you. People rebrand I feel Sean you. Carter. Or James Carter. <laughs> I was like, were you trying to say Sean? I don't know his Combs? name. Combs? Who are you? I was trying to think of Jay Z. Oh, I don't know. I, I guess his name is his last name Carter says. I don't know. Who who knows his first name? Beyonce husband. Beyonce husband. Wow. <laughs> I'm joking. We Ray J Jay Z. <laughs> I'm joking. Randy hey, brother. If this ever gets to Jay Z, I so respect you, my brother. Please don't take that to heart. I mean, nobody knows your first name. I'm just being honest. And and most of us are New York adjacent. <laughs> we didn't go to Marcy Projects. We did not. We didn't go to public school. I wasn't there. We didn't go to any public schools that were called PS. I did not. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. Woo. I don't know his name. No, I'm joking. What is his name? Nazir. Oh, you didn't know that? I've heard that before. I mean, <laughs> listen, let's just move on. So, more of the story is mm. F mute R. Kelly. F Take R. that R. motherfucker down. Mm hmm. ASAP. That's how. That's how I'm feeling. I think so too because that's not helping anything. If anything, mm-hmm. that's making people want to gravitate gravitate more to this monster. Yeah, I'm not with none of that. And we so. gotta. We have to. You know, he's a monster. God, thank he you for needs that. to be in jail. A monster to the point where you can even create songs, create music and mm-hmm. art, being proud of what you do. Mm-hmm openly mm-hmm. knowing no one's gonna peep game to it like that's disgusting and then have an attitude he is an arrogant audacity bastard. how are you so mm, to the point where you can <sighs> just frustrate you I, right? seen a, I seen a huffington post interview with him where she was gonna ask him about the accusations and he was just like i'm only thinking about positive things you know what I'm not hearing it. You know what? I'm not hearing it. And then walked off. Oh. Because he felt like he was being disrespected. He was being attacked. He <laughs> was being attacked. Mm. How does he it had feel? no control. How does it feel, Robert? Robert. <laughs> How does it feel? How does it feel? I also feel like at this point, knowing what we know, that I will no longer be referring to him as R. Kelly. That's Robert. Robert. Your celebrity means nothing to me now, Robert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Because yeah. you need, you're just a famous person that need to go to jail. That need to go to jail, like the rest of them. Join rest- the party. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we got a seat for you. They gonna be waiting for you in C Block Eight, Robert. At the door. <laughs> At the door. That's how I feel. I'm glad we were able to talk about this. This is good. Um, and thank you for coming, Bestie. Anytime, anytime. So, anytime. do you want to plug in all of your social medias? I'm definitely going to plug in my social media, but first, can we plug in your social media? Right. So, um, I'm in between social medias at the moment. You know oh what I'm saying? Because I got laid off. But, um, <laughs> and I quit. You know what, you guys? I am quitting. I am starting my own businesses, and I'm going to thrive in 2019. So I don't have any social media. But they right coming. Now. So we're gonna we gonna so plug that in. Be on the lookout. Somewhere soon. soon. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> coming soon to a plug in near you. Okay. Mm, plugs. But if you wanna find me, you can find me at the underscore bougie black girls on Instagram as well as bougie black girls on Facebook. Please follow me. Please keep it up to date with when these podcasts are going to be released. And it's a conversation, guys. So you can get underneath any of my pictures, any of the videos, and let us know what you want to talk about next. I'm I'm just so excited. You guys don't even know. So join me, uh, let's say, in about two weeks from now for the next Bougie Black Girls podcast. Can't wait to see you guys there. <laughs>